0: This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elova. Hi, and a very good afternoon to you. Wonderful to be with you this afternoon. Great weather we're having today in Joburg. been a little bit chilly and a little bit rainy and damp over the last few days. But um, wonderful today. Beautiful sort of a taste of spring, I guess, um, is in the air. And uh, great to be with you on Judaism 101.9. It's just gone 10 past 2 on this Wednesday afternoon. And, um, of course, it is the Wednesday afternoon that is just before a period of time that is called the nine days. The nine days begin in earnest tomorrow evening. Now, we've got to remember that even though um, Rosh Chodesh, which is tomorrow night and Friday, is a day of semi Chag semi because it's Rosh Chodesh, it is already part of what is known as the nine days, and all the rules and regulations of those nine days, a more intense period of mourning, actually begin then. Tomorrow at sunset, tomorrow sunset, so I guess approximately five thirty tomorrow evening, um, we begin with all the rules and regulations that pertain to the nine days, and we'll speak a little bit more about that later on in this program. What I wanted to begin with today, I think, is something that has obviously been very topical and on everybody's minds and hearts, something that has been on everybody's minds and hearts over the past few days, the past couple of weeks, is this incredible story that's unfolded in Thailand, the um, incredible saving of those uh, boys um, from under the earth in the uh, most incredible rescue mission uh, Certainly that I have ever Witnessed or seen or um, Followed or tracked Something quite, quite incredible And I thought that it would be appropriate If today, just um, as the beginning Of Judaism 101.9 We kind of share a couple of thoughts Certainly thoughts that I've had Over the last couple of days Particularly um, with the Successful conclusion of that Amazing rescue And to think about um what we as Jews should learn from, should learn and can learn from such incredible events. How do we actually put it all into our Judaism 101.9 kind of minds? I think that the first thing uh, to bear in mind, which was certainly a feeling that I had, I hope you did too, was um, over the last um, few days um, witnessing this incredible rescue mission from all over the world, it's been truly an honor to be a human being, um, to look and think about what human beings can do and what they do do in such an incredible fashion, saving lives of people who they didn't know, just anybody Um, risking their own lives in order to save lives. There have been so many different permutations and different ways of reading into and thinking about this incredible, incredible story the incredible rescue of these 12 boys and their football coach. Now, yes. As Jews, a little bit cynical, I guess, um, when we think about the fact that the soccer team was called the wild boars. Soccer team and the images that have been painted or posted or uh, drawn of um, a boar, clearly not a kosher animal. um, It can be a little bit of a diversion, a little bit of a distraction, a little bit off-putting, I guess, to our sensitive Jewish minds. But when we think about, and this was a thought that kept on passing through my mind, That um, these children had to kind of be born again. The idea of them coming out through the waters and into this world was clearly an image, certainly to me, of birth and the struggle of birth. You think about labor pains. You think about the um, struggle of a child, of a fetus that becomes a human being. It was an image that uh, I certainly kept on conjuring up over the last couple of days in uh, trying to track and follow as best as possible this incredible story as it unfolded. And then, of course, there was the fact, and maybe reading too much into it, the fact that there were 12 boys and uh, their coach. There were 12, and not 11, but 12, and not Twelve, but not thirteen, but twelve An amazing number Now, uh, what is twelve? Well, if we think about the coming week's Parsha Where we talk about Matot and masse, We think about the tribes And we think about their journeys And particularly their journeys in leaving Egypt Where they too had to go through a whole uh, waterway Where the waters parted and allowed the Jewish people Each one to walk through on dry land Yes, it didn't quite happen that way, I know, in this uh, incredible rescue, but there were 12 tribes, and those 12 tribes all came out of Egypt, out of this place of restriction, constriction, being straightjacketed, not having the right food, not having the right environment, literally not being able to breathe the breath of a Jewish soul, and they were taken across in a miraculous fashion, the Red Sea, which – We're told split into 12 different paths, 12 different paths for each one of the tribes to be able to cross and to be able to get out of Egypt, out of that constraint and restriction, and then to take the further journeys that had to be um, had. After the crossing of the Red Sea, there were journeys on dry land. There were journeys through the desert. And in fact, if we thought about the image of um, what we're told was this incredible rescue of these young boys from under in those caves in Thailand was um, the fact that the first part of their journey was through the waters where they had to learn how to dive and then For the large part of the rest of the journey, they were wading through uh, kind of waist height or knee-deep water and then in parts also on dry land. I think we were looking at perhaps a very, very important and a very, very beautiful um, analogy and an image for um, the rebirth of a people, uh, the rebirth of our people, the history kind of repeating itself. And in the most incredible fashion, as I said at the outset, the honor and um, beautiful, beautiful feeling that I certainly have had um, of what it means to be human. that This was humanity at its best. If we think about so much that is reported, um, so many things that we read about and so many that we see on the news channels, on the news sites, um, which um, I follow and I'm sure you do too. There is so much bad news There is so much criticism There is so much negativity There are so many things that uh, people get involved in talking about Which are hurtful, which are painful Which are difficult, which are uncomfortable And which often paint people into the most terrible villains And it's so easy to become a villain today Um, You just have to perhaps say the wrong word on a posting, on a tweet, on an email or on a Facebook page and uh, you're vilified and that uh, villainous label remains with you for the rest of your life. And I kind of got a sense, and I'm sure you did too, that some of the reporters who were reporting on this cave rescue were a little bit at a loss for exactly how to express it. They'd never actually had the opportunity To express and to see such a good news story And what was so beautiful about it That here, hundreds of people, if not thousands of people Came together from all over the world Including, of course, the people in Thailand themselves And in a modest and humble, by and large, way um, They set their minds to doing the one thing that they knew was the right thing to do Which was to risk life and limb And to save lives And it was repeated so many times The importance of an individual There was a beautiful clip about The Israeli uh, radio systems That were provided um, For this um, um, event For this escape For this dramatic rescue And how the makers of those radios Expressed the very very view of um, From the Torah That it says that He who saves a life Is as if he has saved the whole world these people who went about their way of uh, reaching and bringing out and saving uh, these boys truly are world heroes. Um, there they can be no honor, I guess, in and around the whole world that could be great enough to express the world's gratitude and thanks to them for everything that they did and that they demonstrate and that they taught us all of how important a life is, how important it is. To save lives, how important it is to uh, risk your life for something that is so important like saving a life or saving the lives of others. Um, How incredibly wonderful it was to see people from all over the world working together in a beautiful, beautiful way to do good. And what a wonderful example and what a wonderful lesson this has been for all of us, particularly at this time. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. I guess unpacking what has unfolded in the uh, beautiful events of the last few days in Thailand. um, I guess um, as Jews, especially coming at this time as it does during the three weeks and towards the middle to latter part of the three weeks of mourning, where we mourn for the destruction of the temple and we focus on um, all the terrible and horrible things That have happened over so many centuries um, To our people And particularly pertaining to our temples Both of which were destroyed during this period of time um, Culminating in their actual destruction On Tisha B'Av That um, we need to focus on And spend some time thinking In a positive frame of mind On positive things And to think about the fact That here we're looking at things that are Bordering on the messianic era or the messianic arrival um, where people are dedicated and are given over to such good things. It's hard to get our minds around it and to think about it because we've been conditioned in uh, such a negative fashion with so much negative news. It's not only the fake news um, that gets to us, but it's the real news or the news with the angles of um, viciousness, of negativity of um, anti-Israel sentiment, anti-Jewish sentiment, um, that really gets to us. And when we think about, and with great pride, as I said, in being human, at being Jewish, at seeing the uh, Jewish outpouring and uh, uh, help and assistance that came from Israel, of course one could be cynical and think about the fact that there was a time, certainly when I felt, when I thought that wouldn't it have been uh, <laughs> an appropriate Kind of a uh, uh, world-blazing view for uh, Hamas to have sent some tunnel diggers to dig them out. Um, Of course, um, there was nothing for them to gain by that, uh, no media attention and certainly no um, people to kill, God forbid. Isn't it refreshing and isn't it wonderful to have a story where people are saving lives, where we're talking about something so positive, of working together for such a good end, where we actually have this incredible message of how the actions and the acts of goodness, the acts of kindness that we can all do and that we should all be doing can mount up and can do miraculous things, that uh, the escape from those tunnels and from that labyrinth of um, Um, difficult, difficult passages underground from those caves. I cannot think of anything worse uh, than being trapped in such a space. I cannot think of anything worse than what those divers had to go through um, in order not only to reach those children, but to bring them out. It's something that is important for us to acknowledge. And that is how working together In coming together for good purpose For good reasons, for good intentions How powerful we actually are And how powerful we can be And we need to not only thank and provide accolades For those who carried out this incredible, incredible um, rescue But uh, to thank them for teaching us this incredible lesson Of just how powerful man can be How good we can be how positive we can be, how much we can do uh, for the betterment of each other and of all mankind. And um once again, an incredible acknowledgement needs to be delivered if uh, not only in our thoughts and our prayers, perhaps in uh, other ways that uh, we could by posting and uh, sending the message around of just how admirable um it is that uh, these – Men and women got together and did what they did in order to rescue those um, young fellows who were trapped underground. It comes, as we said, in the three weeks. It comes against the backdrop of mourning. And the mourning period is stepped up a gear when it comes to the end of this week. Tomorrow night is Rosh Chodesh. So Friday is the first of Menachem Av. It is the beginning of the month of Av. And then we begin what is known as the nine days, the nine days of mourning, the more intense period of mourning, the second half, so to speak, of this three-week period of sadness, of difficulty, of being straight-jacketed as we were when it came to the destruction of our Bote Migdash, of our temples in Jerusalem. So the temples and their importance, which we spoke about last week. Was something that um, was taken away from us not once but twice in the same period of time at the same and exactly the same day on Tisha B'av and the days before particularly the nine days that precede the um, day of Tisha B'av are the days on which there was a more intense campaign to prevent the Jewish people from carrying out what they what they needed to do to deny them. Um, Food and water And all the necessary things that were needed In that terrible siege of Yerushalayim Of Jerusalem All those thousands of years ago And um, as we enter this period of time It's important to know That there is a Judaism 101.9 Take on it all There are things that we need to do And that, that we need to have in our hearts and in our minds, and we need to make sure that as Jews we acknowledge not only the good things, but we acknowledge these things that we have learned from and that we need to embroider upon, that we need to make better each and every day of our lives. So what do we do as the nine days begin? Well, the Mishnah actually tells us, nichnas of Memaatim Basimcha, It actually has an expression for it And it says that when the month of Av comes in We need to diminish or we reduce in our joy Now the whole month of Av is therefore considered to be An inopportune, difficult time And we're told that if you have something like a court case uh, During this period of time It is best to postpone it if you can for the whole month of Av But at least until after the nine days At least not to have it Happen during this early part of the month, when the muzzle, the um, <clears throat> the good fortune of the Jewish people, was at its all time lowest over so many, many different periods and so many different times. Now, when the nine days come in, <coughs> we did speak last week about all the things that we are supposed to be doing or not doing during the three weeks when the nine days come in. In addition to all of that, we have um from sunset tomorrow evening, several additional things that we're not allowed to do. Let's refresh our memories. Up until now already, we're not allowed to take haircuts. Um we are not allowed to have weddings. No weddings were allowed to be are allowed to be celebrated during the three week period and particularly of course during these nine days. We may not need eat new fruit unless of course it's for medicinal or health purposes. We do not listen to live music, and listening to recorded music for enjoyment or for festive purposes should also be avoided. So uh, incidental music that you hear when you're walking through a shopping center is not something that we would be worried about. During this period of time, we should not build, we should not remodel, we should not renovate or paint our homes. Um, If there was something that was an emergency situation, of course, one should um, ask a uh, rabbi, but um, usually that would be permitted um, during this period of time. We should not move into a new home, of course, to sign a deal that you may lose. One is permitted to do, and we don't have the idea. A lot of people are kind of superstitious about it and say, well, it's got a bad muzzle, and during that period of time I shouldn't sign the contract. It's not about that at all. It's about uh, gaining the real enjoyment of moving into a new home that we should avoid during this period of time. We don't plant flowers. Um, Not that it would be the best to plant in this weather um, or at this period of time, but we should not plant flowers Uh, We should not um, uh, be doing that much of our gardening if we can avoid it um, during this period of time. We should not attend any festive occasions, any parties whether it's a birthday party um, or anything like that, of course when it comes to children, we're a lot more lenient than that but uh, for adults we should try and avoid um, that kind of a um, an event and therefore also things that are of a festive nature such as a Siyom um, Sefer Torah or a Chanukah Tabayit party, a function, an event for that, that should be rather deferred until after the nine days. Um, <clears throat> if an engagement takes place during this period of time, um, that is permitted and therefore an encouragement to all those who are thinking about getting engaged. Yet, Yes, you can during this period of time. Um, however, if you wanted to have a big um, engagement party, that should be postponed until after the nine days to have a something small where you just have a small little chaim with your family and so on, that is perfectly permissible uh, during this period of time. If it's possible, we should avoid medical procedures in these nine days as well um, because of the bad muzzle, because of all of this um, downtrodden kind of a feeling that we have. Um, And we should also avoid um, getting involved in any Um, A a perilous kind of an activity Um, It would not be a time To plan your bungee jump It would not be a time To plan your first jump out of a helicopter um, Or anything of that nature Um, We avoid those things as well And then of course pleasure trips Taking a pleasure trip during this period of time um, is also something that one should refrain from. However, we should not mix this up with a trip, for instance, to um, go to see uh, an ailing parent or um, to uh, visit your children or anything like that. Or, of course, to take a trip for any kind of a mitzvah um, to attend a bris and so on. That's not regarded as a pleasure trip. During this period of time, we should try and avoid... Bathing. Now, showering or bathing during the nine days, except of course for Shabbat, um, is something that we should not do. And if we do, we should certainly only do limb by limb, little by little, and preferably with cold water, or at least with colder water than we ordinarily would do. It's not a time to go swimming, even if it's in your heated pool at your local gym. One should avoid that um, at all costs. It's not a time to go into the jacuzzi. Um, We should avoid that as well. Um, However, attending a mikveh or um, so on, if it's something that one does regularly, or um, certainly for women who have to attend the mikveh, uh, that is certainly something that they can do And with all the necessary preparations That take, that need to take place uh, Therefore as well If a person uh, perspires Tremendously of course um, There are permissions for them to Bathe a little bit more than, than Others and um, we Certainly can cut nails um during this period of time um even um when it is um not on a day for instance Erev shabbat or for a um a a, a simcha and so on that is all permitted we should not wear new clothing and we should not um, take in clothing to be altered. We should make sure that uh, we avoid um, making new clothing during this period of time unless, of course, there is no other opportunity. So, for instance, if just a couple of days after uh, Tisha B'Av was going to be your wedding or uh, your child's wedding and so on and you need to uh, get that dress ready um, then it can be done however just to go to a tailor and to have a suit made or have a dress made or anything of the sort during this period of time we should avoid as well as the fact that we should not do alterations to new clothing um, but we are entitled to make uh, alterations to use clothing for instance sewing on a button or Uh, patching up a sleeve or um, uh, stitching up a torn seam and so on and um, of course a seamstress or a tailor um, if that is their business um, they are certainly allowed to engage in those things, however uh, they themselves should consult with a rabbi, with their rabbi uh, before just making a blanket ruling of doing that so avoiding all those new things bathing and so on um, during this period of time brings us into that feeling of a more intense feeling of mourning, more pressurized feeling of mourning that we're supposed to feel during this time. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of El yes, and Listen, we've been uh, recapping some of the things that we need to bear in mind for the nine days, for this period of nine days that we have um, during Uh, Coming up starting tomorrow evening and going for the next nine days up until Tisha B'Av proper. And uh, just to continue, we are not allowed to launder or iron garments, undergarments, tablecloths, linen or towels, even if they won't be used during these nine days. We're not allowed to give items to a non-Jewish launderer or dry cleaner either. During the nine days, however, if you've given it before the nine days um, and um, it will be laundered during those nine days, that's not really your problem. You're not allowed to you, you are allowed to rather launder the clothing of young children children's clothing, especially if it's going to be soiled, babies and so on, that can certainly be done if it's necessary and um, uh, similarly. Um, women at the times of the month when they need to make sure that they're wearing uh, clean garments from a, a halachic point of view um, can certainly launder those as well. Now, what about wearing fresh clothing? We're not supposed to put on freshly laundered clothing. So now there um, are several things that one can do preferably if we if we can tomorrow we should actually try on whatever we're going to use during the coming nine days um, in order to make sure that it's not freshly laundered so you've just kind of put it on taken it off that's fine however there are also those who say that as long as you uh, kind of Drop it on the floor or make sure that it's not entirely freshly laundered, doing something um, that you're not sort of being fussy about your crisp white shirt. Um, That is um, something that a number of people would allow as well. Um, We should not be uh, changing linen on our bedding um, during the nine days. Um, That should all have been done beforehand um, and uh, so on during for Shabbat. We uh, can prepare ourselves for Shabbos in the ordinary sense and put on Shabbos clothing and so on. Um, However, um, each person should perhaps consult directly with their own rabbi uh, to make sure that you get. All of that stuff, right? We come to the most important part. If you've noticed, um, all the live reads on Chai FM um, today and uh, over the last while have all been about food. Um, the most important thing that people like to know is what about eating? Well, yes, our eating habits have to change as well from tomorrow evening, and that particularly pertains to meat and wine. We are not allowed to eat meat or drink wine for the period of the nine days, with the exception of Shabbat on Shabbos itself. Friday night and Shabbos, we are permitted to eat meat and drink wine. And that would be for this week as well as next week because we have two um, Shabboses, two Shabbosim, two Shabbats that occur. This year in the nine days, the first one being this coming Shabbat. The second one, which is actually Tisha B'Av itself, but we'll talk about that next week. And the fast is then delayed, it's deferred to the Sunday. So we actually have two Shabbats where this applies um, this year. And on Shabbos itself, we are allowed. We are permitted to eat meat, to drink wine, to do all of those things. But during the week from tomorrow evening at sunset we should not eat meat or drink wine and meat would include chicken wine would include um, grape juice um, um, unless of course for either of these things there is some kind of a health concern if a person really needs some kind of a um, high protein diet and uh, the doctors have ordered them to eat some chicken or eat meat or whatever that would be um, something that is excluded Um, We should not partake of a dish that contains um, meat or wine uh, byproducts. So in other words, if it's uh, just a chicken soup, you say, well, I'm not really eating meat, but it does have um, a meat base to it as uh, well as the same thing with wine. If it's uh, meat that's cooked in a wine sauce, we should um, um, uh, avoid that as well. Other alcoholic beverages and other um, things like beer or other alcohol um, is permitted. Of course, one should bear in mind that there is the spirit of the law as well, that it's not a time of merrymaking of Simcha and so on with the exception of Shabbat. And therefore, um, that in itself can be and should be um, tempered as well. During these days, it is uh, something that we... Did stress last week as well, it's a period of time during which we should be studying a little bit more about... What the temple was What the temple stood for Learning um, how to be better people And uh, certainly spending our time In applying ourselves To the one thing that we know Was the most lacking And the most difficult to come by In temple times Of course we're told That the temple was destroyed Because of a lack of Avas Yisrael A lack of love of one's fellow man As oneself And therefore we should dedicate ourselves To loving people a little bit more Making sure that we do things A little bit better for each other and that we um, spend our time during these nine days focusing on how we can be better people and how we can do more rather than cocooning ourselves and saying, well, this is a period of mourning and I'm going to shut myself off from the world. On the contrary, we should be going out there and making a difference in the lives of other people in the best possible fashion. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Ilovo. Okay, so... Uh, So to sum up, we've been talking about the nine days, this nine-day period that we are in um, from tomorrow evening and um, all the things that change as soon as that comes in um, from laundering clothes, from bathing to um, not eating meat and not drinking wine, all of that with the exception of Shabbat. So what happens on this coming Shabbat? Of course, it is the second day in the month of Menachem Av. It is the second day in the month of Av. And we may bathe on Friday in honor of Shabbos. We may put on freshly laundered clothing. And we can use fresh tablecloths for our Shabbos meals. Um, The... uh, Shabbos clothing should be worn as usual, and we on Shabbos go out of our way not to display any signs of mourning. And therefore, eating of meat and drinking wine um, is absolutely permitted. Yes, we make kiddush in the regular fashion. The only problem is, or the only issue that we will have over this Shabbat is, what about Havdalah? Once Havdalah is made, or when Havdalah is being made, Shabbat is already out, and therefore our permission to eat meat and drink wine kind of falls away. So what do we do about Havdalah, that differentiation service that is done at the end of Shabbos, um, which is usually recited over a cup of wine? Well, it's preferable if you do it over a cup of wine and preferable um, then as well that you don't drink that wine, but that in fact you give it to a child who is under the age of understanding Um, um, the um, reason for mourning. In other words, a child under the age of Bar and Bat Mitzvah, I guess, um, but uh, who really still understands the concept of brachas? It is better if they're younger, so a 7- or 8-year-old is better than an 11-year-old, I suppose. Um, And um, then they should drink that wine. However, if that is not an option, one is permitted to drink the wine um, upon which one has said, um, but of course preferable to uh, give the wine to a child to drink. And that, by the way, would apply even to grape juice as well. Um, and uh, then on As soon as Motsaya Shabbos Comes in as soon as uh, Saturday night dawns as soon as um, well, It's funny to say Saturday night dawns as soon as Shabbos is out We go back into that period of nine days And we are no longer permitted to eat meat Drink wine and all the other things Of the nine days as we have spoken About then uh, kick in At that time we'll be back with you Same time same place next week for a little bit More on Judaism 101.9 we'll also Deal then with uh, the The coming days of Shabbat Chazon, the Shabbos before um, Tisha B'Av, Tisha B'Av itself and the fast and so on, which we'll talk about next week. But in the meantime, have a wonderful rest of the week and a great Shabbat up ahead. Look forward to seeing you again. Same time, same place next week on Judaism 101.9.